We've got Airbnb. We've got Apple headphones. Mm-hmm. And we have the Facebook mm-hmm. lawsuits. Oh, God, yeah. What else did you want mm-hmm. to talk about? Those mm-hmm. are the big ones. I think there's a... <laughs> yeah, an oh, yeah, fuck. I want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Maybe we do that first because I don't know if Freddie okay. cares. And so... It, it won't take for those listening. Freddie's not here yet, but she might join us. Sub 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 podding. What is a what is a sub tweet when it's on a podcast? Um, it's just a podcast. <laughs> it's just we're just. I think it's just gossip. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! All right, well, let's do this. And for some reason, I almost said Frederica because I was thinking it. She usually does go second, yes. <laughs> oh, no. oh, How's the weather in Toronto? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. It's just that grey, not raining, but not, not raining. You know, like it's... It's yeah. just like a little moist. I think it's funny when you describe it as Dutch uh, because by definition, any of the weather that I'm having is Dutch weather. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's correct. <laughs> no matter what. But no, I mean, no, it's been snowing quite a lot lately, which is I love this time of year because I think it's just very cute. I do miss the snow. Uh, Canadians disagree. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Canadians hate him. How's the weather there? <laughs> Yesterday was our first day that it was like zero degrees like during the daytime all day. Damn. And it was like foggy. But today it's like <laughs> the super windy and it's like a little warmer, uh, but it feels yeah. colder. And if on bikes and it's like, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, I'm Good over times. it. But uh, yeah, that is my judgment of winter this year. Usually I'm over it, but now I'm really over it. Already. <laughs> like it's just started. And I think everybody feels this, but like I could do the work from home thing pretty easily before this or like whatever lockdown life. Yeah. But now I'm like, all right, work day's done. Want to go outside? It's dark. <laughs> that's the part. It really fucking That's sucks. the hardest part for me is the, the sunlight. Oh, it's terrible. Pop that vitamin D. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. We both have the Surface Pro X. The X. And, <laughs> and you put not. the dev preview on yesterday that allows you to emulate 64-bit. So Microsoft finally got around to realizing that this is something that people want. I mean, look, I know it's hard, so we'll give them credit. First of all, I'm surprised you don't run dev preview on that thing. If you're like, here's my spicy take on this. If you're YOLO-y enough to buy an ARM-based device, you should run the dev preview. You know what? Like, that is a fair point. Bleeding edge. And here's the thing. So I actually switched it on. I try to avoid it now because I've, you know, betas are a bad idea and I'm learning as I get older. <laughs> I need them for work. But I actually upgraded to it because there's a bunch of touch improvements. Like oh. the, key, the touch keyboard is not shit anymore in the dev preview. It's like Swift key now. And it like has great split modes and like it's very, very good. And I would recommend it for that. It's pretty stable. But yeah, so they added X64 emulation just like the M1 processor can do in the new MacBooks. And I think the biggest criticism any of us had when the Pro X came out was like, 
Okay, well, it's cool and all that you can run 32-bit apps, but good luck explaining that to any normal person. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's a it's this terrible experience where you, like, download an app, like Slack, and then it's like, this can't run on this device. And you're like, but why? But why? I'm using, I'm using Windows. <laughs> it doesn't tell yeah. you. Anyway, so now it can run all the apps, and you know what? It's fine. It's good. I mean, it's not... Uh, look... I'll tell you now, I'm not going to set expectations that it's like on the Mac. I think that is not going to be true. But the difference is it's serviceable now. The 32-bit emulation is no good because it can't access all the memory. It's just like kind of old. But they switched to a new technology with the 64-bit emulation that's similar to the M1 Mac. And so it's a lot faster. Like You can run Chrome in emulation mode and it's fine. It's not like i wouldn't do it all day but you can open 10 tabs and do your thing and it's fine so i was pretty impressed by that actually so now it means that for example when the biggest problem i had with it and this is so weird (laughs) um, running slack man it didn't really work it was useless like it was so slow uh because they didn't release a they have a universal binary sort of thing for windows but they didn't release one so it was 32-bit emulated i would use it in edge to get around oh i've been using slack it's it's, it's fine. fine it's just a bit slow like it's not great it's really good now <laughs> so i think that's a i actually think that's a really big success especially in a beta uh to be able to say that you can run an app like that now here's the th- the reason i think it's not on par with the m1 i think that the only reason that it's not as good is just because the chip in the m1 is a generation ahead of right. the uh of the surface pro x it's really good for what it is it's just that apple can make shit that nobody else can make and so i'm optimistic about this thing now like i think microsoft might be realizing this could happen Uh, (laughs) so (laughs) it's pretty pretty promising it's interesting to me how quickly this went from microsoft invited and encouraged lots of developers to develop for this and with mild success to yeah. Apple's forcing developers to sort of like get your, do it, get on board, or we're leaving without yeah. you. And so it's interesting now, like, what's the expression? Rising tides lift all boats. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So now that there's more well, boats, I guess. Like. Exactly. Well, the work, a lot of the work is portable in many cases, like, particularly Mac people listening to this are going to slaughter me, but like, I would say the majority of apps that I use on a daily basis are electron based. Well, now all these devs have done all this work to port it for the Mac. We benefit too, right? right? And so all they need to do, and here's the annoying thing about this is we get the X64 emulated one, but the developers of people like Slack actually just need to go and check a box in their like, uh, you know, in their IDE to target X64 ARM and it will just work on Windows. They're just fucking not. Like somebody at Slack won't check the box. Oh. <laughs> and it's the same for Chrome, actually. It's like there's a ARM Chrome one. But I think the difference here is that the hardware isn't as readily available. Somebody at Google has to go and buy a Surface Pro X or like one of these random Samsung tablets that you can buy that runs Windows on ARM. Right. And like, I don't think, like, that's a pretty hard sell for most companies. Like, it's a very specific device. It's the, that's the difference between going all in and like developers are lazy i'm sorry like i have this is what i've learned at shopify 
and the one year I have been there is developers are lazy until and they won't do it until the last minute. It's not that they like don't want to do it. It's just that there's a hundred other tasks to do. So they'll put it sure. off until the deadline. Well, with, with the Mac, now they have to, right. right? And so that's how, that's actually what we do a lot. A lot of my job at Shopify is like trying to trick developers into upgrading their apps to the latest API version, <laughs> for example. And we do that by like slowly nudging them with red things or like- yeah countdowns so it will break it won't break that day <laughs> but you know and so i think that's the the thing here that microsoft doesn't have is they don't have they're not all in enough right, right, right. like if they would come out and say surface pro line from now on is all arm everyone shit their pants right, yeah, <laughs> like yeah because that's that's a, everybody's buying that device everyone buys a surface pro and so that's the thing i think um I think they will continue to dabble and I think we'll see them increasingly do so as Apple gets further and they like are more frustrated with Intel. Um, and the 64-bit thing is an indication that they realize the position they're in, I think, because it's a lot of work. I don't think they just did it for fun. <laughs> I think it's, it is interesting to think about the work that it puts on smaller companies, though. It's like, a lot of, of work course, for a very minimal for Apple, game. But like... Adobe is actually the one I've been thinking of a lot. Adobe has nothing to gain from this. They, Apple just made Adobe blow a year of dev time. More probably. Millions and millions transition. of dollars on dev time. It gives them nothing except continuing to exist. Right. And I actually think it puts Apple in an interesting position where especially the medium to big developers sort of resent them for it. Like they could have built anything else. Uh, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that sometimes this is how it has to be, but it sucks. Yeah. Like if I was on the other side of that, I wouldn't want to do it. Well, so <laughs> uh, I mentioned Descript a couple times. Uh, we're currently using Descript to edit this podcast. I've been liking mm -hmm. it. When Big Sur la public launched, I got an email from Descript that was like, Big Sur, it breaks Descript. We don't support Big Sur yet. <laughs> Please don't update if you haven't already. I had gotten this yeah. email the day after I updated, of course. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that happened at my job too. They emailed everybody at the company and said, don't install Big Sur because it will break our tool chain. But um, what I think is important though is like Descript is such a small company. They just launched it, yeah. 4.0, 4 which they're calling like, it's the version they wanted to launch originally. So it's their, they're calling right, it like right. public launch of their product finally. Oh, that's cool. And it's like, I'm sure they have a long list of features, bugs, all these things they wanted to do. And instead they're like chasing Apple, trying to update to support Big Sur and probably also the M1 chip at the same time. And it's like, it's, their whole team is probably burned out on it just trying to fix it when they could be building yeah. those features in the product i think that's it and that it's not that fun like i can't imagine because it, all it is is it, it works woo <laughs> and so like you need a little bit of carrot stick i think apple sort of the the carrot in this case is like your shit won't work very well right <laughs> um for microsoft there's very little like slack is not motivated to have somebody go in there and spend a day making sure it works like it's just not benefiting them for the there's probably ten thousand of us who have tried to install that like i don't know maybe more maybe fifty thousand but that's not who cares right. <laughs> like are you gonna switch away from slack because it's not on service pro x come on i mean so i use a chromebook <laughs> right and there's a lot more yeah. chromebooks than our surface pro x's and yeah. there was a slack bug that I reported for two years before they would fix it. God, 
We didn't yeah. have the ability to switch teams. There wasn't, you know, the bar on the side of Slack where you have all the <laughs> teams. You had to go yeah. up to your team and click the drop down, and it wouldn't show you uh, if yeah. there was a message. You know how you get a little notification. So it was like you just have to every day. I'd have to go through my list of teams to see if someone had messaged me. And that's it. And that's and it. it was like I two think, years but, like that. <laughs> But this is this is the hedge that Apple yeah. also has that Microsoft doesn't is if they if developers are pissy with them and they don't want to update, you can release your iOS app. Sure, I've seen. And you know, so, I, yeah. have you heard the rumor about what's going on at Microsoft now? No, what's going on at Microsoft? Apparently, they're building a just-in-time emulator for the Android Play Store, so you'll be able to download anything from the Play Store and run it on Windows natively. I mean, <laughs> you can't that, say the work for the Duo didn't lay the groundwork for this. It's 99% there. They have, like, I actually, so I have the Duo. I don't use it daily. We'll talk about that another time. But one of the biggest interesting things they did with that is in the insider previews, You, if you pair it with your phone, you can launch all of the apps from your phone at the same time. Yeah. Not one at a time. <laughs> so it runs them on the phone as if they're the actual right. thing. And, like... I just it's fascinating so i think next year is going to be interesting it's weird because i feel like i don't see anybody talking about the ios apps on mac thing but it's because you can't see them if you have an old mac it's really it's a really strange oh. experience like if you're on the new ones you can go in the store and download the ones that are enabled oh, gotcha. or like even sideload which is hilarious by the way apple letting people sideload ios apps on the mac uh to get around the app store anyway so like i think there's going to be something interesting there next year i don't want to talk about it forever but it's good to see microsoft playing the game yeah oh one last thing photoshop works natively on uh surface pro x now and so does Lightroom. so yeah those two are supported by adobe without the 64 bit works it's native it's arm 64 yeah lightroom works well there's a new one even on 32-bit Lightroom works because I haven't upgraded to the preview yet. And then there's a beta of Photoshop that you can get, but none of the other Mm. apps work until you get on the emulator for 64-bit. Oh, interesting. Well, they just released the new Creative Cloud Lightroom, the one that just came out for Mac yesterday on the Windows. So, this is is exactly what you're saying. It's like the tide is going up and everyone's getting pulled along. And I think it benefits everybody. Like, I think cross-platform architecture, it shouldn't matter... Intel's been playing this game for too long. It makes them play harder. Anyway, I've, let's talk about something completely different. Well, just to go back to the beginning of that conversation, is like yeah. I haven't done it yet because I was waiting to hear how it went for you. Because I Adobe is one of my clients right now, and I'm working on a project on my Surface nice. Pro X, and I well, was hesitant to upgrade my device while working in a project. So, so that's the one thing I wish I could try. My Adobe subscription just lapsed and I just have no reason to pay for it. But I want to know, I actually wanted to install 64-bit Photoshop and see how it went or like Illustrator because I think that would be telling. The 32-bit one was serviceable back last year. Like I could do stuff in it. It just wasn't good. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, lo- I love the Pro X. Like despite all of these things, it's like genuinely, it's such a nice computer like i i love it i, I miss the lte in it i don't go anywhere i want to so. love it mine <laughs> it's a little buggy it's it is buggy. It's definitely Sometimes, buggy. you know you press the power it's just like using an ipad you press the power button yeah. to sleep the display and sometimes yeah. i come back from the bathroom and it won't turn back on <laughs> and it's crashed and yeah, I yeah. pull down the button but and the dev preview fixes this oh okay okay well you told um, me but this is this is it this is like cutting edge hardware in many ways and i think like 
you know i kind of expect that but i also had the exact same box so that's kind of okay funny. <sighs> but yeah it's the cost of being on the cutting edge and, and that's fine i obviously run my work on a pixel book because right. i don't mind dealing with the hurdles so yeah i actually i want to talk about hardware another hardware thing for like a hot second i have a confession to make tell us I bought a Pixel 5. I did see that on Discord. <laughs> you know, it's funny because okay. I'm five seconds behind you on that decision. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really just... The reviews yeah. are incredible. Honestly, are. I, um, I'll i tell you why I did it. Uh, man, the Pixel 4 was a bad idea. It, honestly, it's, it's the best phone I owned with the most frustrating single flaw that completely ruins it. Like, it's... I charge my phone twice a day and I'm not leaving the house. That's crazy. That is a problem. Yeah. I have wiped it. I have tried everything. It is just absolutely but. And I got to the point earlier this week where I was like, I can't <laughs> keep switching the charger like all day to my phone when I'm barely using right. it. Like it's. And so I, uh, they have a trade-in program if you live in a country that uh, does this. So they gave, gave me like $350 for the Pixel 4. I was oh, like, I you know what? That. I don't want to be complaining about this for the next year because I was like, I could wait. Right. Like, I've been doing this this whole time, basically. Anyway, I'm just like a little bit uh, frustrated about having to do it. But on the other hand, I thought about it for a minute. I was like, would I buy an iPhone? Like, like could I, should I switch? But then I was like, fuck no. You mean it's pretty... <laughs> like, incur- it's tempting. It's tempting. But when I, when I looked at it, it was just too much things that I really like about what the Pixel does that I just... Like iOS has a lot of benefits too, but I just enjoy a lot of the pieces of the Pixel ecosystem. I use call screens so much. <laughs> so, um, but the interesting thing with it is they send you the phone and then you have to send the trade-in kit back within two weeks. And so you get the money, but I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, having touch ID back sounds great right now. I know it sounds like retro as fuck, but I barely use face ID because of the mask thing. I mean, I, I, I hate to always bring it up, but if you're not on an apple phone or a google phone the likelihood that you have face id and touch id is very high everybody else has the benefit of both but people that are stuck with apple are like put face id in my mask and it's like use the passcode first i wish i could have both honestly we'll get a oneplus device well but this is the thing it's like i I prefer the i don't know i just can't be bothered with the non-official track anymore like i i just want the updates on the day they come out i don't want to hear about it give me all the emoji <laughs> give me the fancy every year when the, like actually now google does these pixel feature drops right, where i saw that apple would save up the equivalent of this to fill up a slide right on their fucking wwdc thing google's like no here's like a fourth of the features of every ios update right. and just a drop every month and so like this month uh what was it, it was adaptive sound and um something else that was really cool but like they just released an update and i think that's that's really genuinely appealing. Yeah. It, uh, plus Google Photos, right. all that shit. Like, it's the benefit of Google unpairing their core apps from the OS. Yeah. Like, I have a, a non-Google phone, and I can get Google's yeah. camera app and download it from right. the Play Store. Exactly. So, you want as well. Plus Nord camera app, the native one, um, right, and right. get the Google features and the Google UI and all that stuff. And Yeah. That's that's the thing what color did you get um anyway sorry i'll tell you about it next no, did week did you get green or black 
uh green has been sold out for weeks so i had to get black i was like i'm not waiting just for a certain color anymore strangely <laughs> did you know okay there's one thing i didn't know they only sell one size yeah. this time but not only physical size but also storage storage yeah. size i missed this it's really smart in my opinion because it i didn't second guess it i was just like cool the black one <laughs> Like, no choices. It was great. I actually really enjoyed I it. I appreciate not getting baited and switched like Apple where they go, it starts at this price. And it's like, well, but no one buys that model. They want more storage because you put exactly. your storage is too low, even though they bumped it. Yeah. It's like, exactly. I kind of appreciate like, hey, we've got it. Also, Google, like it less, it matters less how much storage you have because Google puts everything in the cloud for you if you want. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, um, surprisingly, Airbnb? I could get the green one here if I wanted. Oh, yeah. what? Yeah, huh? well, Belt Bel- Simple imports them from France and Germany. Oh, so yeah. Sells them in the Netherlands because yes. you have better access to stock as a result right, of that. Probably it's in two countries. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Wait, before we do Airbnb, can we just one more hardware thing? I yes. just wanted to dunk on the price of the AirPod Max. Is it AirPods Max? I don't know anymore. Yeah. Is it plural? Is it Bad not? Branding. I, I, I saw a lot of people being like, it should be earphones, and I agree. They, <sighs> come on. How did you fumble this at the finish line? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, and Max, like, just use Studio, like you said you were going to, that aligns with, like, what people expect headphones Studio is cooler. That was what the rumor <laughs> was, especially because, like, Beat Studio, which they yeah. own. I just, AirPods. The price is absurd. Uh, it's i think it's 699 right it's 550 is the starting price oh yeah and in canada it's 799 and new zealand it's 999 um in europe i think it's 750 euros i honestly didn't anyway because i was like i'm not gonna buy these here's the frustrating thing i feel like even just talking about this people write you off about it because it's just the apple way like they can do what they want but it's fucking expensive that's an xbox series x or a playstation and a pair of headphones yeah <laughs> like the sony headphones are half the price here's the part that bothers me what lightning they put a lightning port on it oh i know and, and <laughs> it's cable, so good the cable that comes with it is lightning that plugs into the headphones and usb-c 3.5 no oh to you what and if you want oh, that's lightning to 3.5 you have to buy it it's 35 dollars. oh come on and it's funny because if you go so lightning to USB-C, it's a white it's it only comes in white and so it's like a oh. white audio cable but the 3.5 millimeter is a black cable at least maybe they sell other colors i didn't look but anyway i i, I figured it out i figured lightning out because i hate it i'm like just move everything to USB-C. <laughs> I'm the USB-C yeah. person, but I realized that Lightning could have been good if they just opened it to other people and it could it well, would have replaced USB mini. I actually, yeah, I think it would have USB, because USB whatever. micro was annoying yeah. and USB-C was a while away. They could have totally pwned, pwned it, it by just opening it and like 50 cents to license it. I don't know. It's um, Apple. I mean, and like, they could have done it for free and then the EU would stop suing them about it. It's reversible. It has all the benefits of USB-C and like, I know, but there's two things there. They lost that, but they also, I think that they're doing it intentionally. Like, sure. It's the same with like Sony. I have the, the ones with the micro USB. They released them when USB-C was out and then they released a USB-C one two years later so that I buy the new one. Like that's a hundred percent the plan here. They release the USB-C iPhone if they do. And then they're going to be like, oh, you want to, you want the new headphones? Like. 
so stupid. Uh, look here's the thing i actually think about these headphones other than the fact that like i have two spicy takes one uh, i don't know if okay i'm gonna say, say it. it the most annoying thing about apple launches now is all the white dudes screenshotting the receipt the moment oh, it comes out without reading anything about it oh i bought the 700 dollars headphones no idea what it, no idea what i'm buying but i bought it it's <laughs> a real gross consumerism you got going on there it's real nasty uh you do you i'll let people enjoy things i'm not going to complain about it but i'm just saying it's weird <laughs> and then on the other side i think like yeah this the reason it's the price it is is it they're doing the goldilocks pricing thing the airpods are at the bottom airpods pro are in the middle and then like you got money to throw in there and do whatever that's the high-end one and so it makes the airpods pro look cheap by comparison and it's this just this mental model anchoring i think it's called (laughs) anyway so on that like if you want it buy it if you if you look there's just between us buy two pairs of sony headphones and give them to your partner and your friends like yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of the price tag. I think for what you get, it's overpriced. But people buy Apple stuff that's hey, overpriced all the time. You do, you do you. Yeah, I'm sure it's great. I mean, that's the thing. It's overpriced. I'm sure it delivers on the quality front. Um, but come on, guys. The, co- the colors <laughs> match the iPad Air line, which I found oh. to be interesting. And I think that. If you had to guess on a color range for any new product next year, it's going to be somewhere in that range. Yeah, I wonder if that will be what debuts on the new Mac hardware because, like, there's the new, um, like, there'll be new designs presumably yeah. with the next iterations, and so like maybe that's where it's coming from. They always do this. Although, also in saying that, remember all the years yeah. they released a different black every year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't expect every year it was like it's matte black, and it was like not not matte black we have talked about this for like two years now of like pretty soon apple's yeah. gonna bundle hardware and they haven't yet no, but it makes sense not to sell an ipad air with this matching color headphones to someone i think i think you'll see it uh once i think they wait they have these plans for that stuff but they wait for sales to slow yeah i think they like genuinely they're like this is how this the next wave of, like they just wait They'll be like, oh, to stimulate sales, we'll do bundles now. Well, to do this, we'll release the new iPhone, like whatever. And uh, people like their lives being easier. So like Apple One came out and I signed up even without having all of those things in my country, even without having all the devices needed to take benefit. I've got an Apple family share. The yeah. Apple One is the no-brainer. So it's like... That's how they get you. It's awesome. And I don't even mind. And I think that yeah. it's only a matter of time for them to do it with hardware. But anyway, let's talk oh. about Airbnb. Oh, lordy. I mean... Speaking of Johnny... I don't have a long take. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a long take about this. But I mean, it, it was impressive that, that what happened happened yesterday. <laughs> uh, so they went public. Did uh, you know this was happening? And I'm going to... I sort of knew it was happening. I didn't realize it was happening now. I remember uh, at the end of last year, we were like, Airbnb is going to go public next year. And then I totally forgot. Well, I thought they weren't going to because of COVID. Um, and when they did the honestly awful layoffs earlier this year, I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know, this is not on the table. Now I realize the layoffs were probably designed to make them look much more profitable than they actually are. Yeah, every company <laughs> you know that goes public, the whole year leading up to it, they are 
constraining budgets, decreasing yeah. amounts of raises, limiting hiring. Like they've got uh-huh. to make that spreadsheet in their S1 look as lean as possible. And improving over time. So, so that the delta on them looks better. Yeah. And but it's so I mean, shit. look, I, I, I haven't read all of the numbers from it, but I was surprised they have bounced back better than it. Like, I thought they were honestly so fucked at the start of COVID. I'm sure they thought that too. It feels weird that they're going public when they laid off so many people. I mean, they let, gave they gave them pretty generous exit packages, I found out. They actually got rid of the cliff oh. for the people who didn't make That's it. Cool. And so, a lot of people got equity, even though the fact that they were like, let go. The thing that's weird to me is just like the scale of it during the pandemic it's like i don't know it just does literally the thing that was in my timeline was like all these vcs talking about how they doubled their money blah 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 blah, blah. uh which is the worst it's a Stop. pandemic uh, and the unemployment rate is skyrocketing right and like shut the fuck there, up so there was that this juxtaposition with that and like all these people struggling but then also the city of toronto introducing a legislation that says that they're gonna find the shit out of anybody and the starting at the end of the year if they don't register with the city like in amsterdam um and that they're actually forcing airbnb to monitor and provide reports uh about the rentals to them and so (laughs) i'm reading that and i'm like the biggest risk to their business model is literally unfolding in front of us as we speak like cities are cottoning on to the fact that like they exist and it's ruining housing supply and like the thing that was really gross to me i mean like congrats if you work there sure like i'm sure it was hard but like they don't give back to the communities that they just got filthy rich off and it just like something about it is really frustrating right. to me i don't like i i i've refrained from tweeting about it because i don't have a nuanced take but it just feels weird yeah <laughs> i will say there's two important things about the ipo to think about Mm-hmm. One, yes, a lot of people look at IPOs as like a liquidity event for people that own equity, employees and investors, but it is also a fundraise most of the time. Like most of the time, the, the, the yeah, company. 100%. So the pandemic happened, their business cratered, they laid off Completely. a bunch of people. This is an opportunity for them to stay in business, is to go public mm-hmm. so you can raise funds. Other thing that I think is very interesting and what was the news about the IPO, other than that there was one, is they listed (laughs) at $68 and they closed at $144. I I guess that's what I was trying to say is like, that is the most surprising thing given the everything going on. Yeah. I just suspect that people are looking for places to put their money. That's the, that's the other thing here is like investors you know right now the market is very strange and uh they're just like shoving money in these tech come i mean doordash was also just as oh, ridiculous I, they went public too. I don't know like i don't i wasn't really like sentient enough during the dot-com bubble but like everything i've read about it smells like this like yeah. it just like it doesn't i don't i can't look at airbnb and be like in the current state of affairs if this was a normal year sure fine but like i can't look at it and say like this company's fine. <laughs> like it's it's something is strange. But maybe this is just it. This is just the how, way the market works now. Everything's just decoupled from reality. I mean, it definitely is. It hit like an all time high, and there's yeah all time high death rate in America and unemployment, and everyone's 
not yeah. paying rent and there's a housing crisis. There's not about to be a homelessness crisis. And yeah, I mean, it is completely detached that's, from reality. I guess that's what I mean is like it's completely, I mean, I read something a while ago about how like the market has decoupled from the actual economy. Right. And I don't know. I, I, I Maybe Airbnb is great and it's a good business. I think it is. I think after the pandemic, people are going to be so thirsty to go anywhere that like they'll probably make a lot of money. So However- that, I mean, <laughs> there, there's a lot of philosophies on investing, right? Of like stock. Right. One of them is you want to buy something that will increase in value or Mm -hmm. specifically increase in desire. More people will want to buy the limited pool of shares Mm -hmm. and so yours will be worth more. So it kind of makes sense if Airbnb's business is fucked right now. If that's your philosophy of investing, now's a great time to get in because it's probably going to be worth more when people are traveling again. Yeah. Stonks. (laughs) Stonks. <laughs> this is not stock like, advice, and I also don't. No, please don't take advice. From I don't us. agree I, with the ethics of. So, like, I would. I. Well, that was actually why I didn't buy it, but I also learned my lesson, ironically enough, on Slack, um, not to buy an IPO day. Uh, honestly, it's just usually it's not a good idea. <laughs> if you wait after the employee lockup, which is six months, usually you can get a discount. So yeah, I mean, and I wouldn't invest. Uh, that's a really good advice, actually. I wouldn't invest in Facebook, <laughs> but look at the Facebook graph. They spiked right after yep. IPO and then had one yep. whole year of the lowest their stock has ever been. Yep. So maybe wait a year. That's it. So look. Uh, again not investment advice i'm surprised they did as well as they did me too i think that like they were worried about getting out the door before it slammed closed and it clearly was not closed so (laughs) and you mentioned doordash they was their ipo the same day the day before day before yeah i don't have nice things to say so i won't say them but it's just like uber's business model it it takes advantage of people that need money that don't have it economy so yeah yep but you know arguably worse because doordash has been sued like repetitively for stealing wages <laughs> and tips and yeah. all sorts of other things so and yeah. their i think their strategy was just acquire competitors until they owned the majority of the market so yeah 100 percent, like all of these companies right um, yeah i think we should move on to facebook it's just a good segue i don't want to run out of time completely uh Wow. <laughs> Without even saying anything, I feel like you, uh, if you're listening to this and you don't know, my God. <laughs> Why don't you introduce it? Yeah, so I don't even know where to start. I mean, we've been talking about how Facebook faces potential antitrust for a long time. Now, on Wednesday, it was rumored that the FTC would file a lawsuit basically against them, alleging that they abused their monopoly. And it happened, but also it's enormous. Like, it's not only have they alleged that they have an unfair monopoly uh particularly thanks to instagram and whatsapp but that they intentionally did it and knew they were doing it from the start and that uh 48 attorneys generals have signed on to this lawsuit i had to be very careful about the grammar there it always bothers me that it's attorneys general not attorney generals anyway uh it's it's like a flock of geese it feels like you have to get it right anyway so uh, that one doesn't confuse me as general. much as attorneys general confuses me. I know. It's, I know. Every time I see it, my brain is like, huh? <laughs> anyway, 48 of them signed on to this case. And basically, they're seeking to unwind Instagram and WhatsApp. Well, that's what they say they want. As well as getting the right to review 
all potential acquisitions before Facebook makes them. So rather than, because all acquisitions get reviewed, but the difference here would be if they wanted to acquire, let's say TikTok, which won't happen, they would have to ask the FTC before approaching TikTok from what I can tell, which was, which would be a big deal actually. And I actually, I think that's not a bad idea. Now it's interesting because a, this is going to take a long time. B it's by the FTC not the Department of Justice. Oh, interesting. Which is actually a big deal uh, because it's actually like a proper antitrust suit as a result. So this is it's not just going to go away. There's going to be a lot of discovery. A lot more is going to come out of this. Like uh, there's a, I think it was a hundred page document with a lot of emails and stuff that like with evidence. And honestly, a lot of it is like, I've read opposing takes on this, but a lot of it is damning. Uh, a lot of it is it really like, is. hey, we we're getting crushed we see instagram is gonna steal a, like this earlier one this is in 2000 whatever it was like 2006 i think four, 14 earlier. 2014 i think um they're emailing each other saying like oh we have to build the photos app faster like we can't they're killing us blah 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 and then they're like no i desperately want to buy it anyway so they eventually acquire instagram but you see in the emails this is like their cycle like they repeatedly do this with every company that threatens them and i've seen a lot of takes in the last day where people are like nothing will come of this like the evidence isn't great and i'm like mm, looks pretty it, bad it looks bad in a lot of <laughs> they i mean they do have a case facebook does have case like they can say oh yeah well this acquisition was approved but the truth is it, we learned things since then and like yeah. you don't you don't know things in the past and you can unwind things based on information you learned and i think that's what the precedent will be here is like if we can prove that they or if the government can prove that they conspired to do this why wouldn't you undo it right what's what's the alternative so it's gonna take a long time one of the documents that the the back and forth the emails the whatever that came out that it's redacted but it's they it looks like they've spent three to five times trying to acquire a company that they didn't successfully mm-hmm. get and some people mm-hmm. on twitter took the redacted bars and tried to fit different company names into the size of it did you figure and did you see which interest one fits very yeah. clearly yeah, yeah. I, I think that was i think that's it the other one i saw was linkedin but i think it's borderline oh pinterest makes more sense because there was a solid period of time where uh facebook was really scared of them about commerce but i think Isn't- they realized that instagram is their pinterest yeah i was about to say and so i think yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised pinterest always wanted to be relatively independent i think um and kind of do their own <laughs> thing so speaking of pinterest have you seen all the articles about the like the shit from inside oh, yeah. pinterest it's it's amazing really that um for years nothing stuck to them nothing at all yeah but man it, abuse and intro politics about pretty much just like white men being power dicks um yeah friends who work there i kind of knew this honestly um but they were always lamenting the fact that nothing stuck to pinterest like they were always the nice friendly people making the cute photo app thing and so nothing like all the bad press never amounted to any like or even it didn't really ever come out and so i think they're feeling uh vindicated finally which is you know well and like francois brower was their coo and published that huge long medium piece about all the abuse that she had been through and experienced and all the the power tactics and the them having meetings without her to switch 
the direction of things that was decided with her and all this shit. Mm -hmm. And still, it wasn't that big of a news cycle. Exactly. I think that's it. It's like, I can't believe it. Anyway, anyway, Facebook tried to, we think it's redacted. So just to be clear, it's like Facebook made multiple attempts to acquire blank. Some people said, is it Twitter? Is it Snapchat? I... I will admit when I was reading the PDF, I was like, I tried the copy paste trick because like the government has fucked this up a hundred times where they just like put black square, not actually like uh, a black highlight rather than a black uh, like redaction square. Anyway, so from here, it basically goes to court. It's going to take a very, very long time. And so the biggest take I have on it is like, regardless of what happens and something will happen, how important it is, is anybody's guess. Um, but regardless of what happens, it, like the most important thing in my mind is, does it happen on a time horizon that matters at all? Right. If this takes five years, it won't matter anymore. Like, right. I think they have a two year one, like it has to be like, they have to kind of come to something in a year and then do it in two years or there's just no point. It's over. Right. Right. <laughs> it already feels over. If they unwind it now, it feels like there's a chance. The people at Facebook in a way are dumb, but they're not dumb. Like... They, they are already working the strategy of how to move the company in two years so that this doesn't matter anymore. Well, it's also happening right now. Like a lot of what you see, um, like Instagram is integrated with Messenger all of a sudden, right? Yeah. Um, they did that in a rush so that it would be hard to unwind it. Like well, yeah. now and they took, in court, they're going to argue that. They took the guy who was one of the lead designers on Newsfeed and he's running Instagram design now. Right. And man, is and it, they integrated the ad products and everything. Yeah, like it, it's, it's only a matter of time before that company doesn't have a name anymore. It's just like that's. I mean, it's Instagram by Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> so, it'll just be like Facebook's Facebook photos or something like. Yeah, and I would say like the biggest again, like this is expected from VCs, but like they're all complaining about how like oh you can't undo the past, blah blah blah. Like oh yeah, like fucking government. Look, I actually I really believe that in this case and in many cases. Like I said earlier, if you learn new information, you should be able to undo the past. We didn't know how, like, uh, predatory they were at the time. We didn't know how, like, people didn't really understand tech back then. It took us seven years to figure this out. I think saying it is what it is because they, it's like saying, like, oh, yeah, well, you know, there's one bank now. Uh, I mean, it basically is. But, like, uh, so we can't be bothered undoing it. Like, it's too hard. It's also like there's some truth to the statement that they make about like Mm -hmm. not undoing the past in that if Instagram and WhatsApp are separate companies again, that doesn't take all of Facebook's bad philosophies and decisions out of those companies. Does it just make Mark Zuckerberg a board member of these companies and his henchmen go to run them and it's just I think best outcome best outcome they force instagram and whatsapp to be independent companies not allowed to sell them off facebook has to pay for the privilege of running them and then the exec team whoever runs it isn't allowed to communicate with facebook yeah you could say i just don't think it's realistic no exactly i mean exactly there's no outcome in which this is necessarily good however i do think and this is where they also are critical about this is like Oh, yeah, but how are consumers being hurt? Well, there's many ways. But how would consumers benefit from Instagram being separate? I'll tell you. I'll tell you how. You actually have a choice not to touch a Facebook property now. And and the reality is right now, people say, oh, yeah, but there's so much choice. There's not. It's impossible to avoid them. I cannot. Like, I don't have a Facebook account. I just can't avoid them. Yeah. As much (laughs) as we try. It's like, I live in Europe. I have to have a WhatsApp account. 
There's, yep. there's no way around it. As much as I try, as much as no matter who I meet and who I message with, I yep. will try to get them on an alternative. It's just a reality yep. of living. It's, it's, and that's the thing. And so I think the, you know, it won't be the best scenario, but I don't think it's any worse than not. I think it's better than doing nothing, yeah. I guess. is like, sure, it might be questionable or whatever, but I think having them independent it gives other people a shot that's actually the most important thing it doesn't matter if this like what well, does matter if they're still conspiring but it does the most important thing in my mind is that facebook can't fire up the photocopiers quite as easily and direct a giant audience uh whenever it feels like it uh-huh. i i just i think the reality of them getting broken up into three companies is that we just get three ad networks that are identical some very similar ad networks that are just as problematic that have algorithms that show people only things they agree with that cause more discord. Like I don't necessarily see breaking it up. I'm not arguing against it. I think they should be broken up, but I, I don't think it solves any of our problems I that think Facebook the, has caused also. The most interesting thing outside of those problems that it might fix is creating competition and advertising again so right now facebook can set the prices on these different platforms and it just does it whereas if it had to compete with instagram the the prices on those platforms they're very similar i think that they would have to like it's an open market all of a sudden as opposed to in a closed market where they're the only people who know the actual price and so yeah i don't know like i feel like i have to acknowledge the fact that there might be biting noises on this this puppy, right? i'm like holding it. a treat oh yeah. on my other podcast we we get animal noises and i always say like as long as it. you explain what we're listening to oh maybe that was on uh this when um yeah, was doing when the cats were zoom, zoomies we- yeah so the, i have a puppy you probably know if you follow me on twitter but she um she's teething <laughs> so i have to always have her have something the bite Anyway, I think we can keep talking about the Facebook thing. Like, I don't know how much more I have to say on it, but I'm glad it's happening. Like, and I've seen also a lot of questions around like, why not Facebook, Apple, Google? Those are coming. I'm telling you, this case is designed to set precedent. If you look at it, they're doing this first. (laughs) Like, I'm here for it. There was a conversation on another podcast. I think it was on Techish where they were talking about Google is an easy example for this, all of these companies do it, all of them, especially Facebook, but Google Photos, they have all the money in the world to build this product out, give it away for free, get tons of users, and then turn on monetization. And for an yeah, independent- Yeah, and it killed all the shit. Yeah, for an independent- Remember photo when app, there were photo apps? There's no way to do that. There's no way <laughs> to compete. One. Was it Everpix? I think it was Everpix. There was like a bunch. I remember there was a bunch. There was Carousel. There was like or Everpix. There was a couple of other ones. Now there's nothing. It's like Google Photos and Lightroom CC. And, and is Visco still a thing? I guess it exists. Yeah, they have a subscription model. But like this is it. Like that is it. <laughs> Which is problematic. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's these companies keep doing it and we could talk about amazon where amazon will do we make adapters and cables now and we have a whole brand of it and we drive the prices down and kill our competitors or buy them and then then we're the the main ones and then the only people that can compete in that space are other companies that are gigantic that's that's the thing and so i don't know like we'll talk about this a lot i'm sure I, i think it'll start kicking off early next year 
uh, in court. And so we'll probably talk about it a lot more. Yeah. There's also anyway. like the the courts in other countries in the European Union have been yeah. doing a, a little bit better job than the US. Google was... I, I think that's in, where in scrutiny. the breakup needs to happen also is that mm-hmm. the US Congress needs to have some more tech literate people involved. Even if it's not realistic to say that the representatives are going to be like their staff need to be more yeah. tech literate. Well, that's it. Yeah. If they d- knew what an API was properly. And actually, that's what struck me about the Facebook case is there's a lot of understanding of APIs in there for the first time. I don't know if they completely grasped it, but like they started to understand that API access for competitors is the lifeblood of competing. Right. And so maybe that's starting to happen. We'll see. I don't know. Um, but I'm actually mostly curious how it will play out under a Biden administration as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's real that's interesting. Um, but let's let's cover that in a future yeah. episode. I think this is a great place to wrap up. Big week. Big week. Well, and we sort of touched on Timnit getting fired from uh, Google, the the AI ethics researcher. But that had just like broken when we recorded last week. Mm. I think there's a lot more coming out still. Um, yeah. Sundar Pichai. Let's talk about it properly. Sundar Pichai made a statement and he, he apologized for how it went down, but not for firing her. Yeah, of course. And that is a weird move. But yeah, it's it's very alarming when you fire a top ethics researcher because of the research they uncovered that affects your bottom line. Yep. And so it really does show that as much as it seems like Google's intentions were to be ethical in this situation, um, if it affects their bottom line, uh, they don't give a fuck. And especially That's, if yeah. it's another black woman they get to fire because that is a pattern. Yeah. That is a very scary pattern. And it's it's playing out in a pretty gaslighty way in public too. It really is. is. It's awful. Um anyway, so my lesson from Twitter this week is log off sometimes. Uh, (laughs) It gets to be too much. Uh okay. On that note, I think we can wrap up. Freddie's internet must not have worked, so we miss you, Freddie. But uh I think we'll record one last episode before the I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah, we'll probably have one last next Friday is my last work day of the year, so I'm very excited to record also and then be done with that as well and nice be away from a computer for a couple days. Yeah, exactly. Probably not. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i gotta we'll see i have all these like you know how you come up with all the things you're gonna do over your holiday and then by the time you start your holiday you have no energy to do them plus you made a list that's yeah. too long oh yeah so I'm, I'm gonna say, like if i achieve one i'm happy. draw on my ipad every day and i'm gonna like <laughs> clean out my closets and i'm gonna like do some home renovation and i'm gonna learn dutch and like none of that's come gonna on happen now. but do the dutch do the dutch get it done okay on that note thanks for listening See you on Discord if you want, but you should join. It's on the top nav of Charged. Uh, we'd love to see you there to talk about this. So, until next week. Bye, Biscus. Bye.